Welcome to the Cannabis Review. We've got another great episode for you this evening. I'm delighted to be joined by Jonathan Wilson. He's the COO of Crystal Cure, which is a producer of organically farmed and handcraft small batch cannabis in Northern Brunswick in Canada, just north of Maine. So how are you keeping, Jonathan? Doing great, Owen. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. We've had a couple of great guests so far this week. We had next week, Lex Lee CEO. We've got uh, Luke Anderson from Cannes coming on. So we've got a, a load of information to be able to give to the audience for this week. So I'm going to start on the couple of topics that I said I wanted to talk to you about. And first and foremost is the future of craft. We're hearing a lot about craft cannabis at the moment. And I think most people's dream scenario is that there's craft cannabis in every corner of the country, almost like beer or every corner of the globe. So can you tell us what you think the future of craft cannabis looks like? Yeah, that, totally. And I agree. I mean, the future is craft. And that's a, it's a big statement, because if you think about it, and I've had some good discussions on LinkedIn about this, too, is that right now there is a stat that uh, I think the BC, the British Columbia craft co-op just put out saying that only 1% of the total grow area that Health Canada has approved across the country, this huge country that we have in Canada, is, is reserved for small kind of craft and micro farms. So when we say that the future is craft, it's more about what it's capable of changing the industry. It's not really more of a market share. I don't think that craft is going to take over every single large producer, but I do think it's going to be the segment of the market that really drives forward change and, and shows what this plant is capable of. And there's more categories that are going to be affected more directly by craft. So like flour, um, pre-rolls, et cetera, that type of thing. That's where we play. We play in, in premium flour and that craft method of, of how we do things compared to others, especially talking about our, our soil, which we'll talk about in a bit, is really allows us to offer that unique value proposition and shows that quality is key. And now, now some other categories might not be that case. Maybe people aren't necessarily looking for craft beverages or, or craft edibles. I don't know. I think they are. I think they're looking for that um, handmade uh, doesn't mean it has to be made in, you know, in a bathtub, bathtub gin. It, it can be very uh, professionally made. It can be uh, exactly what you see from larger uh, companies, but it has that kind of handmade craft touch. And that really resonates, especially being that whole local movement too. But for us, it's that focus on quality that that craft gives because we take such care and such intention at every single step along the way. And that is something that is really resonating with customers throughout the world. They love that whole fact that they know what goes into making it and how it's made and it's the expertise of, of the experts that are that are doing it so that i i think everything you see whether it's um, other consumer packaged goods or if it's cannabis itself customers want higher quality they want to know how it's made and they want to know why person a has a different craft than person b and what it means to them so when you combine that all and the excitement of the cannabis industry that's why i say that the future is, is with craft because i've seen what the craft producers of canada are producing especially as far as the quality of flour it is absolutely amazing and when i see that and people you know showing their videos of opening up whether it's bags of crystal cures products or or someone else um, from a different part of the country it's that wow factor that craft is showing that they care about the quality they care about what the bud looks like how it smells you name it and it's those great craft techniques that have allowed us to, to produce that type of product so that's why it's the future yeah i think most people are trying to think that there's either going to be a competition that it has to be craft or it has to be the low cost large scale i think whether it's chocolate or whether it's beer or whether it's any other industry, there is the room for both industries. And I think what's happening in the marketplace, we can all see consumers are willing to pay that extra bit of money for mm -hmm. a high grade product where they can trace, as you said, from soil to soul, which is pretty much moves us on to the next topic, which kind of works perfectly. Can you tell us about your process with your soil 
Uh, I'd know a fair bit about some of the organic farmers that are over here that have spent mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands building their own soil just to get a perfect lettuce. So can you explain to the audience or the audience how exactly you go about the process? Yeah, definitely. So it's uh, it's part of our tagline. You can see it on my shirt right now from soil to soul. And we the whole notion of it is that we say that the industry goes from from seed to sale. Most of the industry it's that traceability factor. But we think that it's left out two of the most important parts, one being the soil where it's farmed in, which is uh, the incredibly important part of farming cannabis or any crop uh, to begin with. Uh, but then that's soul, the whole person part, too. So the soil for us, we have a, a soil that's called uh, well, we call it, we have a, a French kind of accent here, so we call it Adonis, but it's Adonis, which is the, you know, refers to the Greek god. Um, Adonis living soil. It's a certified organic living soil that's made right here on our property. So it's a sister, a sister company that we have. It's literally right across the parking lot. We have an inventory of a million worms that we have making our soil too. It's got uh, over 20 different ingredients that go into it, um, which is a proprietary recipe, which is the result of so much trial and error, so much research. It was the, the vision of one of our founding members, our, our master cultivator, Kenneth. He's the architect of our soil, and it is based on local ingredients, using what's around us for nature, and things that absolutely give the plant everything they need throughout their whole cycle. Because for us, we farm what we call organically. Our, our cannabis is not certified organic, and we're very happy to be transparent about that. Our soil is certified organic. Uh, so then we use that and we only use organic farming methods all the way through, no synthetics, anything along those lines. And we only add water throughout or, you know, compost tea data or nutrients, but all the nutrient base is in that living soil to begin with. And we know that living soil produces an incredibly expressive product if you know how to farm in it. So the fact that we have our team, our cultivation team, we're so small right now is a two person team, Scott and Kenneth. Scott is our master grower and our CEO. Kenneth is our cultivator and, and our soil architect. Between the two of them, uh, they know that this soil is an absolutely perfect medium to produce incredibly, incredibly expressive cannabis, very unique, and allows the plant, the genetics that they select, to really show their full genetic potential. And the fact that we don't have to go and add other things to make sure that the plant will reach its full uh, maturity and full potential is because we have all those nutrients built into this beautiful soil that our team makes right here across the parking lot, brings it over to our facility, we receive it, and then we start doing our, our pot-ups and our transplants. It's it, when we don't have to add that extra stuff, there's nothing I said that kind of gets in the way of the expression of the plant. And of course, you still have to flush your plants. And you have to make sure that it's got enough nutrients to get through. But at the end, when you haven't added anything synthetic into your plant the whole way, other than, you know, water and your natural nutrient base, the plant is going to reward you by showing that, okay, let's be really expressive. Let's give you those bright aromas in your in your wedding cake that you're expecting or uh, give you that great bud structure that you're expecting in, in your tiger balm or the menthol. Um, so for us, it's, it's all about the soil and, and continues the whole way through. It just means that we have to be uber careful with our sanitation practices because this soil is living. It is literally the thing that gives us strength can also cripple us in a heartbeat because the other part is we do not irradiate and we do not remediate our product in any way with washing with you know hydrogen peroxide or anything like that. So if we go through and we're not incredibly clean, those same microbes that give us all the life in our soil can ruin an entire crop in a heartbeat. So we need to pair both of them to make sure that, uh, yes, we're unlocking the full potential of the soil, but at the same time, we're keeping it spick and span from a medical grade kind of pharmaceutical grade facility. Okay, excellent. And is it the same soil for every single specimen of plant that you put in or is there little twists for each individual strain or 
Yeah, there's little twists. So we, and that's a that's a matter of us just always wanting to get better, continuous improvement, uh, challenging conventional wisdom where um, we can't just assume that, you know, if we have what we say wedding cake, uh, a back cost of wedding cake is one of our, our offerings on the market right now in our local market, uh, but we have a couple more coming like such as Tiger Bomb, which is a different genetic background. Uh, so we'll tweak the mixture for that. Now we do also have a mixture that we have on the market as well because we sell this soil, which I know we're going to talk a little bit about home growing too, but we sell this soil on the retail market for home growers. And that is a standard mix that we have now, but we're looking at developing other mixes as well. So right now it's an indoor outdoor mix, but we want to see when maybe there's a mother's mix and maybe there is a cloning mix and et cetera, et cetera. But for us, we start with the same kind of base and then we'll tweak it according to what cultivar that we're farming at that time because we know they have different nutrient dependencies and, and things they like a little bit more. So we'll slightly tweak it, but for the most part, it's the, it's the same recipe with a little bit more uh, up and down on a particular, uh, maybe it's a little bit more magnesium this time, maybe it's not, uh, but the team really builds that for whatever crop we have uh, coming into our grow room. Perfect. This leads us on to our last topic, which I want to, I'm sure a lot of people are going to love a bit of this. So you were talking that you've got your own soil that then that home growers can buy. I think a lot of people are looking to have that homegrown law implemented across Europe where you can grow, let's say, three to six plants, whatever it may be. So if somebody's setting up their own homegrown when it's legal, obviously, um, what would you suggest that uh, people do, the process that people go about? Is there a couple of places that they can learn great information from or a couple of companies like Gorilla Grow Tents is something we've heard about over here. So what would your advice be to the patients who are looking to grow some plant when it becomes legal over here? Well, I, for me, I highly suggest it. So we have in Canada where you're allowed to grow four plants at home too, which is which is amazing. And, and I really go to, my, my place to go to to talk to the experts is our local shops that we have here, the grow shops, the hydroponic shops. They are the experts as far as everything. When you talk about your, if it's grow tents, if it's your lights, if it's your soil, if it's your pots, if it's your nutrients, you name it. Um, yes, the internet is an incredible resource, but I still believe that I, I like to go to the butcher to talk about, you know, to talk about beef. And I like to go to the shop to talk about that kind of stuff. Because um, there's a million, like like craft, there's a million different ways to do it and no two people grow cannabis exactly alike. But that's why we wanted to bring out our soil because we know that there's a, a couple different people that grow out there. There's the, the enthusiast that's been growing for a while and that's where we get our story. Our team has been farming cannabis for a long time. We come from the legacy market. That's still how we do a lot of our, our research, to be honest, where we say, okay, we don't have the flexibility to do a lot of the research in-house. We can't even try our own product. So we need to make sure before we go and invest a lot of money in, on, on a genetics or uh, trying to grow something that we had never grown before, we need a way to do that. So those home grows become very important to us stay connected to the industry and, and to see but that's why we brought out that soil to the soil to the uh, to the market so that they can see hey this is an amazing soil to start with uh, if you've never grown before it's something that you can say okay as long as you give it the the love and attention the water you're paying attention to it as far as your lights and your co2 levels it can be there for you but the soil is also versatile enough for someone that is experienced with it that knows about nutrient release and knows about nitrogen and magnesium potassium etc this has it as well too so it's a it's a soil that can be really versatile for both experts and beginners which is not something you find a lot of but that whole notion of growing at home is very very nurturing it's very holistic it feels good uh, it's the fact that you know plants you're talking to plants that you're feeling it back and and again at the end of the day we approach this as being a medicine so you're growing a medicine in your home uh, with our soil it allows you to do this so you're using it organically you're not adding anything else in there to to get in the way of the of the medicine that you're growing at home but my my advice would be to to everyone is give it a try 
see if you like it. If it doesn't work for you, then stick to the professionals, no problem. But talk to your grow shops and say, what are the best um, pots that I should be growing in? What are the best lights? Should I be using LED? Should I be using HPS? Because everything is going to be different. There's a million things. And then get on Reddit, get on the forums and talk about it and, and see if you ever want to know what your plant's doing, if it's, if it's showing a different deficiency or it's not, go on to Reddit, go on to one of the streams that says, you know, microgrowery or microcultivation, home cultivation, put a picture up there and you'll have a thousand people giving you advice on what exactly deficiency your plant is showing or, or potential it's showing or anything. So really get involved with the local community, local being, you know, can be anywhere in the world, but in front of your computer screen, everything is local. Use, use their knowledge and talk to them and see, because that home growing community is very, very helpful. They want everyone to help because it doesn't do anything to take away from anyone's pie. It just makes a bigger pie and it has more people growing great cannabis at home, which then we think brings more people into the market to say, okay, I farm my own. Now I want to try what Crystal Cure is doing because I use the same soil, I use the same methods, and I want to see what the difference is between the, the pro and the amateur. That's a good thing for us, good thing for the industry. Okay, excellent. And one final thing before I let you go. You were a beverage strategist before you became a cannabis executive. We've mm -hmm. got a can on this week, and I think it looks like they're becoming the dominant brand in America when it comes to an infused beverage from a European point of view anyway. They've got a solid social media game, and they've mm -hmm. been able to get around some of the angles in terms of strategy or promotion online. So who's that version in Canada do you see? Ooh, I don't know. It's uh, the whole beverage thing is, is really interesting to me because that that's my background. So before I'm a you know I'm a sommelier by training in wine and wine grapes. That's that's how I got into the whole notion of of what plants can do and especially when they're being grown for uh, whether it's you know intoxication or in or medicine whatever it is. Um, that's that's why I really got into this. So for me, the beverage market is a ton of potential. Uh, it's a big potential as far as uh, taking people that before used to look at uh, alcohol, beverage alcohol, and are starting to choose more in that. That I honestly think that's where a lot of the big producers can really, really come to the table with with showing that they have the experience from beverage alcohol in the supply chain to make sure they get a great product out to market with innovative flavors and all the things that are important in the beverage alcohol market. So I don't know right off the top um, who's my kind of favorite one is there. I know that I've seen some from the folks at, at Trust Beverages, which is connected with the Canadian company uh, Hexo. They've done some great stuff with a, a mix called House of Terpenes and a, and a few different really cool bottles, uh, beverages that look good. But overall, I'm, I'm really excited about what the, the different options are going to be there, whether they're beverages, edibles, flour, uh, because cannabis is very broad, very versatile. And if people bring new variants to the market, such as beverages, that before uh, someone wouldn't look at cannabis and now is looking at it, I think that's a great thing overall. And, uh, and they can coexist. Again, big producers, small producers, beverages, topicals, uh, vape pens, and, and flour. It's all one big giant culture that has a whole bunch of subcultures underneath it. Um, so again, to, to longly answer your question, um, I think there's a big future of, of cannabis beverages. I don't know who's doing it the best yet because I honestly think it's been, it's been too soon into the whole market and it's going to change, but there's potential for it to be here for a long time. Yeah, well, we've got the CEO of Hexo on next week as well, so we'll have to get a little bit of grill. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to talk to you again in 2021 about an update of some of the products or some of the news that's happening in Europe. And again, I hope we get to chat to you in person when this nonsense is all over. You have a great day. Can't wait. Thanks for the opportunity, Owen. All the best. Cheers, Jonathan. Mm -hmm.